0: 2013, we're working on a theme entitled Living by the Book. Uh, We always try to lift up the Bible with proper respect around here, but this year we're particularly focused on uh, looking at a few different series, that uh, the way we live life, and turning back to the book for our answers of how to live through those things. Uh, Our current series is called Home Restoration by the Book. We're talking about the Christian home. And we talk about this fairly frequently here at Northside, not every year, but almost every year. We have a series on uh, the home and uh, what the Bible has to say about it. Uh, This year, we started with the premise that America's in trouble. Uh, America's declining, and it can be traced back to problems in the home. So we've uh, structured this series around uh, commitment. To restore our own homes. Actually, we're talking about one home at a time is what we're asking for and uh, seeing if we can do that by the book. Uh, Last week, we talked about restoring roles. Uh, One of the things that we will do one home at a time, hopefully, is restore the biblical roles uh, for male and female. And today, step number four, we're going to talk about parenting with purpose. We will parent with purpose is our uh, concept this, this morning, see if we can live by the book in that situation. Uh, before we get started, I've got something I just want to do It nothing to do with the lesson, but I want to give somebody a gift, and it's a tree. I want to give somebody a tree, and it's not a big tree, probably five inches tall, something like that, and you can tell it needs to be, that's well, a little crooked, it needs to be straightened up a little bit. He's got a few problems, but I want Brett and Caleb, uh, would you raise my tree for me? Okay, okay that's your gift. Uh, now, let's get back to what we're going to talk about today. Parenting with purpose. Parenting with purpose is a biblical concept. And since we're going by the book, let's start with checking God's perspectives on children. What does God think about children? We've got to know that before we can even think about parenting with purpose. I put three scriptures on your handout that pretty well summarize what God thinks about children. Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, 28, very first chapter of the Bible. It says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. We talked about that last week. And then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful. And increase in number. Be fruitful and multiply. Famous verse. Second one I put down was Psalms 127 verse 3. That says sons are a heritage from the Lord. Children are a reward from him. Children are a gift of God. And Ephesians 6.4, third one I put down. Paul told the people in Ephesus, don't exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up. In the training and the instruction of the Lord. Now you've heard all three of those verses before. Uh, we've, We've talked about each of them in some detail. But when you put them together, I think you've got a pretty good summary of what the Bible says God's perspective on children is. First, you're supposed to have them. Second, they're a gift from God. And third, you're supposed to train them up. Raise them up. That's the concept of parenting. That's the concept of the home. We talked about that last week. That's the concept that God has for maintaining society. Is parents have children, consider them a gift of God, train them up, raise them in the instruction of the Lord. Three fairly simple things it sounds like. Now, the first one's fun. You know, Be fruitful and multiply. A lot of people do that. That aren't ready for the third thing, yeah. Uh, so the first one's kind of easy. You don't don't have to think at all to do that, really. The second one is hard to believe sometimes. This child is really a gift from God. Yeah, I mean they they're difficult sometimes. Yeah. and the third one is not just hard to believe. It's just plain hard. Uh, raising them up, training them up. Uh, doing what you're supposed to with them is a difficult thing. But if you go back and say those things, three things real fast, it sounds kind of simple. You know, have kids, they're a gift from God, and raise them up. But think through that a moment. Uh, let's get a little more serious and, and realize what that really says and what the whole Bible says about this parenting thing. And it should change our whole concept. The book is pretty clear. Parenting is a sacred calling. Those three things that we read kind of quickly and laughed at a little bit, God's very serious about this. The way the world works is God entrusts parents with the stewardship of a child's soul. They are a gift from God, but he entrusts parents to raise them. And he says, train them up, bring them up in the Lord. Deuteronomy 6, which we, we'll look out later, gives even more details on it. Do you understand that is a sobering thought? That, that's a serious thing if you're in this room with, with children or about to have children. This is what God's perspective is. That it's a sacred calling that he's entrusting you with. And you have stewardship of that child, that child's soul. Okay, let me check on my tree for a second. How's the little guy doing? You doing all right? Okay, they're doing good with him. That's good. Uh, Have you decided on a plan for raising my tree yet? No, I hadn't got to that? Okay. They look a little confused. <laughs> they look like they, they don't know what to do with my tree. Well, and that's, that's reasonable. Because, you see, they don't know enough yet. I gave them a tree and I told them to raise it, but I asked them if they have the plan. I went, I don't know what our plan is. Why? Because they don't know enough. Brett and Kayla don't know what to do. She needs to know. He needs to know what I want. Suppose I want a bonsai tree. I want a little ten-inch tree. I want it perfectly. I want it a beautiful work of art. You're going to have to take care of it a certain way. You're going to have to trim it with little bitty scissors and get everything just right and, and work on it every day to form it where it's, it's a work of art. If I wanted a bonsai tree, maybe I want a Christmas tree. Okay? If I want a Christmas tree, then they're going to have to plant it. They're going to have to ask how tall I want it. You know, I want a seven-foot Christmas tree. And I want it to be a perfect pyramid shape. So you're going to have to trim it all the time. Get it just right. Or maybe, I don't want either one of those. Maybe I want a full-grown, beautiful, evergreen, 35 feet tall. Just plant it somewhere perfect and take care of it and fertilize it right and let it grow. That's what I want. Okay. Do you understand they need to know that before they can know how to raise my tree? they got to know what i want before you know where to plant it and how to fertilize it and how to tend it and how to trim it they got to know what i want because it's my tree i've entrusted them with it i've asked them to raise it for me and i want it raised up for my purposes okay you still doing all right Okay, let's get back to what we're talking about. Now, we've seen God's perspective. How about parents' perspective? What do parents think about children? What do they think their purpose is in raising children? Because parents get to pick. Do you understand that? Uh, Brett and Kayla get to pick how to raise my tree. And parents get to pick the purpose in raising kids. Now, just for fun, and I intend this to be a little bit fun, uh, we're going to consider a few options. I put eight of them on your handout, and I lettered them A through H. So let's just look at it. Some parents pick A. They decide, I'm going to raise my child so my child will get good grades and get a good job and be successful in life. That's some parents' purpose. Some pick B. I want my child to have a great relationship with me. I want them to be my best friend. I don't ever want them to resent me. We're going to be so close, well, we'll dress alike. Some parents pick C. My kid is going to be the best. Baseball player, football player, singer, dancer, whatever. Sports, arts, any of that kind of thing, they're going to be the absolute best. They're going to get a scholarship to go to college. They're going to play pro ball or they're going to dance, or go to Hollywood and act or they're going to be on Broadway. They're going to be the best in the world at something. Some people pick D. My kid's going to be popular. They're just going to have a good time in life. They're going to grow up and marry a wonderful spouse. I just want them to be happy. Some pick E. I want my child to love God. I'm going to raise him so he'll love others and so that he'll live a holy life. That's what I want for my child. Some people pick F. I want my child to have great self-esteem. I don't ever want them to suffer. I'm going to protect them from ever being hurt. I want them to always be happy. Some people pick G. I want my kid to be successful where I failed. I want want, want my child to fulfill my unrealized dreams. I want my child to let me live through them. That's how I'm going to raise them. And some people pick H. I'm going to raise my kids so they meet my expectations. So that they live up to my standards. So that they never embarrass me. They do what's right according to me. Parents get to pick their purpose, folks. Parents get to pick, and parents do pick. Some of those rung a bell with you. You know people that that's their purpose. People try all of those options plus a whole lot of others that I didn't put on there. But understand this if if you start with the premise that my child is a gift from God and he has entrusted me with his soul, before we pick, we've got to ask that question what does he want? I'm telling you, parents get to pick you still got the right to pick. But if you start with the premise where we are, we're going to do this by the book. Then we need to ask, well, what does God want? He gifted me with this child. He told me he wants me to train him up and and raise him up in in the the instruction of the Lord. You've got to answer that one. Now, obviously, since I wrote the list, E is be my pick. E's pretty close. I want my child to love God and love others and live a holy life. You can reword it any way you want. Now, you could get it shorter. You could make it longer. You could say, I want my child to love God and others. I want them to love the word. I want them to grow up with a love for the word. And I want them to live by the book. You can write it that way. However you take what God teaches in there about training them up and all that, you can word it your way, but that would be what he wants. Now, I know you guys. I know what you're thinking about. And some of you are sitting there thinking, well, I like some parts of some of those others. Now, can I just have one pick? Do I just have to pick E or could I go for some of the others? Well, (laughs) the options are not mutually exclusive. You know, if you just pick E, that doesn't mean you have to uh, totally ignore all the others. I mean, if they were mutually exclusive, then if you picked E, you'd have to raise a a dumb, unpopular, bad athlete with low self-esteem. You don't have to do that. In fact, I'll just give you a little tip. If you parent by the book, a lot of good things will happen. A lot of the good things that you saw in A through H, there's some bad things in there too, but some of the good things you saw will happen. Now, I listed a series, noted a series down at the bottom of your handout in 2003. It doesn't seem that long ago, but we had a series called How to Be a Healthy, Happy Family. And the reason I tell you about that is I've spent about four, I think four weeks, talking about what to train a child in, how to train up a child, what they need to know to be the right kind of great kids. So if you want, if you weren't here then I want to go back and get some more information on that, you can get it from the library. Okay, we've been asking one home at a time to stop the decline in America by restoring one home at a time, their home by the book. Uh, we've pictured that as nailing a promise to the door. Martin Luther was kind of our illustration in the first sermon. He, he had such profound uh, purpose and belief in what he ought to do that he nailed it on the door and suffered for it. But he took the responsibility to do it. And we've talked about being responsible. We've talked about restoring the covenant of marriage. We've talked about restoring the proper roles. And today, this may be the biggest failure in America, actually, is we're resolving to parent with purpose. Now That's the one I'm asking one home at a time to nail to the door. Now, how do you go about it? If you decide, if you resolve, all right, I'm going to parent with purpose. I'm getting this. I'm understanding what he's talking about, and I'm going to do that. And you've picked E or your version of E is what you want to be your purpose. How do you go about it? So let's very quickly go through a few things here. First, got to agree on your purpose. Okay. And I say agree because in most families there's a father and a mother. you got to agree on this. You can't be going different directions. And you've got to know what that purpose is. Because once you know the purpose... That drives everything else. Uh, that's like the, the mission statement for a company. Once we know what we're here for, then that drives all our decisions. Okay, let me tell you how this works. Uh, in 1931, there was a dad in Oklahoma who had a son. He wanted his son to be a professional baseball player. Okay, that was his purpose. So he named the kid after a Hall of Fame baseball player, Mickey Cochran. And as soon as the kid could hold a bat, he started pitching tennis balls to him. By the time he was five, Mickey Mantle was a pretty good switch hitter. By the time he was five, he was a pretty good switch hitter because every night when his dad got home from work, His dad and his granddad would take turns pitching tennis balls to him. His dad would pitch right-handed, and his grandpa would pitch left-handed. And they did that for hours, folks, hours every night. Mickey Mantle grew up to be a professional baseball player. Eighteen years in the majors, played in 12 World Series, won seven of them, set all kinds of records, if you ask most baseball fans who was the greatest switch hitter of all time, Mickey Mantle. Dad achieved his purpose. His dad started with that purpose, and he made it come true. Now, if you know anything about Mickey Mantle's life, he had, had other problems in life. But he was the greatest switch hitter of all time. Once you agree on the purpose, once you decide where you're going and where you want to go, if you're serious about it, you can get there. That clarifies a whole lot of things, folks. Once you agree on the purpose, it helps you pick your battles. You can't fight every battle in the world with kids. you got to pick them. This will help you decide which one to pick. This will help you pick when you've got conflicts. Well, what's our purpose? So that's the first thing you've got to do is agree on your purpose. Go home and discuss it. Make sure, here's what we want to do. Second, enforce the right priorities. Okay? Once you know your purpose, you know what the priorities are. Now I'm saying enforce them because sometimes that's hard. The culture is blowing against you. And we're going to talk about that next week, battling the culture. But there's all kinds of things battling against you. And if you know what your purpose is, you know what your priorities are, then you've got to enforce them. One time a mother of some sons said to her dad, uh, to the dad, said, look out there at that backyard. It is an absolute mess. You know, it's all tore up and there's mud spots and all that. The boys play ball out there all the time and the yard just looks horrible. The dad said, honey, we're not grazing grass, we're raising boys. So he knew the priority. Once you know your purpose, you enforce the right priorities. A north side example here. Oh, and I didn't ask if I could do this. I hope it doesn't embarrass them. But James and Peggy Wilson, years ago, had a couple of daughters that were really good softball players. You know, I'm talking about state championship, college scholarship, Olympic trial level softball players. So during the summer, they were gone almost every Sunday playing tournaments. September, we made them new place membership, because when they came back. But they were gone almost every Sunday, but I know that as they traveled, wherever they were, and I know they might have missed a few, but I know 95% of the time or more, they found a place to worship. They made that a priority. Okay. They might go to the early service, or they might go to the late service, or they might have to cut out of a game a little early to get to this service, or they might do it on the road somewhere, but they maintain that priority. Okay. When you decide what your purpose is, then you know what's the priority, and enforcing them is the hard part. Okay, some, Most of you are going to pick E plus a little bit of some others. You just can't turn those others down. Oh, I got to do a little bit of this or a little bit of that. Well, okay. When you pick that, there's going to be conflicts. When those conflicts come, go with the top purpose. That's the priority. It settles things for you. Makes it pretty a little easier. Now you you got to enforce it. Just go back and ask, what's our purpose here? Well, okay, then we've got to do this. Is it going to be easy to enforce? No, you're going you got peer pressure, you got culture, you got conflict, you got other things that you want. You got all of that mess. But if you enforce the priorities from your purpose, you'll get there. Third, you're going to have to be selfless. Okay? You may remember this showed up a little bit last week. <laughs> if you're going to restore the roles, you're going to have to be a little bit selfish, less selfish. Uh, Today I worded it this way. You're going to have to be selfless. You're going to have to give up some things that you want. If you're going to parent with purpose. Now all parents are sitting there, well, no duh, everybody knows that. I'm talking to people without kids yet. (laughs) You you better know this. I mean, just the cost of it. I looked it up. The, The U.S. government's estimate right now is that to raise a child... From birth to 17, just to get them out of high school, is $241,000. $241,000 is their estimate. Now, you know how well they estimate the costs of things, so you can take that for what it's worth. Brian and Kathy are over there calculating. Eight times, man. <laughs> Well, y'all ought to calculate. I mean, a quarter of a million dollars per kid. Just get them out of high school. Okay. You think you're not going to have to give something up? I think 241 really low. I think it's a million myself. <laughs> but But whatever it is, as parents, if you're going to parent with purpose, you're going to have to give some things up. And it's not just money. I mean, that's that's the easy part in some ways. Parents know you're going to have to give some night's sleep up. You learn that real quick. When they're sick, when something's wrong, you're not going to sleep well. You're going to be up cleaning stuff up in the middle of the night that you don't want to even see, much less clean up in the middle of the night you parents understand that, but let's go a little bit deeper than that. You're going to have to give some of self up for instance you you, you should never hear a father say, "Well, I had to give up golf this weekend to babysit the kids. They're your kids. You you, you got to parent them. It's a teamwork thing. You got to do that. Don't talk about that like that's a hardship. That's what you signed up for. It, it's more than money. It's it most, it's mostly time. We only have so much time in a day, and kids require a lot of it. Yeah. We talked about this a little bit last week, but I think the big lie of this age, there are a lot of big lies, but one big lie of this age, let's call it, is culture has told parents, you can have it all. You can have it all. You can have a great career, you can be self-fulfilled in whatever you want to do, you can have a great family, all of that. And parents believe that they don't have to give up anything of self. They believe that they can climb the career ladder either for more money or for self-fulfillment. They can pursue all the hobbies they want. They can have all the toys they want. They can watch all the sports or go participate in all the sports they want and raise great kids too. If you think all that, you better think again. To parent with purpose, like we're talking about, you're going to have to be selfless. You have to make some hard decisions. A very rarely personal illustration. I don't like to, but this one I just I decided I'd put this in. When I got out of college, I went to work for General Electric Company, and I did fairly well. They identified certain people. They they called us hypos, high, high potential. They'd give us special counseling every year and all that, and they'd give us tried to move us right up the ladder. And after I'd been there in the seventh year. I was ready for my sixth promotion after seven years. And it was obvious that to get that next job, that next level that I needed, we were going to have to go to a big northeastern city. We were going to have to move to a big city where the church is generally weak with no family. And we'd been all over the country and done fairly well while the boys were little. But now the boys were six and ten. And I came home from an interview one time. I'd been interviewing different places. and I came home from one and I asked Cindy, I said, do we really want to do this? Do we really want to stay on this track? Because here's where it's going. And we sat down and listed priorities. We said, no, we'd really like to raise our boys in a church with a strong eldership. That was pretty high on the list. And we'd like them to have family, and we'd like this, and we'd like that. And after we talked it all over, we moved back to Wichita. I quit that job and came and found a job here. Now, the reason I decided to put this in is because I thought about it when I was trying to decide whether to use a personal station or not. I thought to myself, I've never really thought about what might have been. But I got to thinking about it. I I don't think I'd have been Jack Welch, you know, CEO of GE. I don't think that was going to happen. But whether I'd have made it over a plant, a division, been a vice president, I don't know where the top would have been. Maybe I was already at the top and didn't know it. But I don't know where the top would have been. But I do... I'm, I'm pretty well convinced that if I'd have stayed on that track, that our boys would have turned out differently. I don't know how much or how, I don't know that. But I, I think when you accept the purpose and get the right priorities and are willing to make changes, selfless changes, to stick with your purpose, good things will happen. God will bless it. You may have to make sacrifices, is what I'm saying here. In your current job, you may have to travel less or turn down promotions or get by on less. Not too long ago, there was a Fortune magazine. The cover picture was a woman in a business suit heading off to work. And she had a little frowning baby in diapers clinging to her leg. And the caption was, is your family wrecking your career? Young people, before you get married, or or when you get married especially, uh, at least, uh, agree to a life. If you want to have kids, say, here's the lifestyle that we're going to be able to live and do this right. If you go in and thinking, we're going to have everything and do everything, and oh, by the way, then we're going to have kids and it'll all be wonderful, great. It's not going to work. You've got to plan that selflessness. Think about it. And I know I'm talking about work in the secular world. That's not just it. I've talked to a lot of parents who regret the amount of church work they did, the amount of civic work they did, the amount of volunteer work that took away from raising kids. Preacher's kids, PKs, have a bad reputation. Okay, I'll tell you why. Because a lot of PKs grow up resenting The fact that they're a lower priority. That everybody else in the congregation gets mom and dad's priority. One reason PKs turn out like they do sometimes. The Bible's full of them Eli, Samuel, devoted themselves to God's work, which is a good thing, but they forgot to parent with purpose. Fourth, be a model. Be a model. Kids watch. Einstein said, setting an example is not the main means of influencing another. It is the only means. I'm not sure if that's 100% true, but it's a pretty good sentiment. Kids are little radar units. They lock in on mom and dad. They listen, they watch, they pay attention, and they imitate so if you're gonna parent with purpose, you gotta think about that. The phone rings. The teenager looks at the idea. He says, Dad, it's your boss calling. Tell him I'm not here. Mom lectures her daughter about modesty. Shouldn't worry so much about clothes. But mom goes to aerobics every day. Mom complains about every gray hair and every new wrinkle. She criticizes everybody she sees at 10-pound overweight. You cannot lie and then demand truth. You can't cheat and then discipline the cheater. You can't set your, your purpose in life as one thing and then parent with another purpose. Kids figure that out real quick. Kids are what? You've got to be a model if you're going to parent it with purpose. If you want a practical verse to kind of sum all this up, I gave you Deuteronomy 6, verses 6 through 7 on your handout. Started out before this with Hero Israel, which we just sung. And then Moses said, These commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts and impress them on your children. Talk to them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. We don't walk along the road anymore, but we go a lot of places in the car together. And if the kid is playing the video game or watching the movie instead of listening to mom and dad parent with purpose, then something's wrong. That's what this says. It's a full-time job if you add these things up. Now think about it, getting up, sitting at home, going along the road, and lying down. That's pretty much a full-time job, folks. That's how God says to parent with purpose. Do it all the time. All right, before I close, uh, a quick word for single parents and others. Is it harder to do all the things that I've just talked about As a single parent or in some other situation with a broken home or something, yeah. Yeah, it's harder. Every single parent will tell you that. I mean, do the math. You know, if this is a full time job for two parents and there's only one to do it, pretty near twice the work, isn't it? Yeah, it's harder. But you're still responsible. It's still your job. That's what we talked about the first week. I will be responsible. Now, God cares about uh, as much about you and your kids as he does anybody whose lives haven't been touched by divorce or some other difficulty. And he'll help. God is an extra special help. You need to ask him about that. You need to seek some family help. You probably need to pray more. I've taught a number of fathering seminars. Occasionally, I've had a woman come in the door from the community. And I introduce myself and ask her what she's doing here. She obviously doesn't fit in. Nothing but men in the room. And they've told me, I'm a single mother. I want to learn as much as I can so I can do the best job I can. And I say, well, Welcome. She's seeking help. She understands this is going to be hard. Single parents, getting the right prayer pal is even more important than a regular situation. Family members need to step in and help. It takes extra work. This is a big job. If if your child is not in your custody... You still got a responsibility. Make make your mind up. I will still parent with purpose. I'm going to faithfully pray for that child. When I do get to see them, when I am close to them, I'm going to be a great model. I'm going to talk to them about the right things. Resolve never to speak any evil of your ex. Maintain that relationship as best you can. Seize the moments that you have. Is it harder? Yeah, it's harder. There's a whole lot of situations that aren't ideal. You go through the Bible, you can find a whole lot of unideal situations where God worked things out amazingly. God can work things out. He can't. You need to ask Him. You need to, to parent with purpose, but He can help. All right, next week. We're going to battle the culture, and that'll be our final lesson in this series. Okay, one last question: How's my tree doing? Still all right? Good, good. All right. Obviously, any illustrations got some problems. Yeah, okay? my little tree illustration's got one big problem. Okay, here's the really big problem with my little tree illustration: is I don't really care what you do with my tree. <laughs> I found it the other day trimming a bush. It was a little wild sprout behind the holly bush. And I dug it out and put it in the pot and brought it to church. Now, it has the potential to be any of those things. It, it could be a 35 foot tall tree. It could be a lot of things. It's got that potential. It's got the power of life in it, but not eternal life. And because of that, I really don't care about it that much. Uh, Brett and Kayla, I gave it to them because they're going to be blessed real soon with a real gift from God. They're going to have another child that God will entrust to them. And so I don't really expect you to spend any time on my little tree. Throw it away if you want. If Rachel wants to plant it, that's fine with me. But God does care about the gifts he gives. That is of eternal importance. When God entrusts you parents with a child, it's of eternal importance. Please Please, parent with purpose if you've been gifted in that way. The lesson is yours. If you're here this morning and need to respond in any way, we're going to sing a song of invitation. Pray that you'll come to the front if you need help in any way. Come, let's stand and sing.